Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. To look at some stories uh, from the weekend, we're joined by the writer and podcaster Sophie White. Sophie, you were a gag with excitement at the thought of. I that was Garth Brooks. I can vouch. I just passed him outside there. Yeah. Now it wasn't uh, a Garth Brooks chatbot or anything like that. There's nothing untoward going on here. The uh, would you go to see Garth Brooks if if Garth had handed you two free tickets and said, "There you go, girl." Would you go? Well, I'm in my late 30s, so anything post 6 p.m., like, it's got to be really good to get me out. Yeah. It's got to be at least a kind of, I don't know, maybe a local pub quiz. So I don't know if Garth would actually make the cut. No. But but he's a phenomenon, if you imagine (laughs) it. I know, I know. I don't know where. I think I was just, like, out of the room or, like, in another building when all that was brewing up. I know that, uh, what is it, about 20% of Ireland's population is going to Garth Brooks? It's 400,000 tickets he sold, yeah. My God. I don't, I can't, I can't condone it. I, I dislike... Oh, you feel that strongly about it? Yeah, and I, okay, God, like now here we go. You do this now, you bring me in here and you're like, <laughs> let's, let's get her cancelled under 60 seconds, let's cancel her. I just can't. I love country. I love John Prine. I love Wilco. Do they count? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I just, what, I don't know, friends in low places, all of that. It's very kind of nasally. <laughs> okay, there's other things you could say. It, maybe it is nasally. I, I don't know. I don't even know if he's left the building yet and we're yeah, slagging. Is it, though, this is though, bad. Though, is, he, is this divided Ireland? This is, you know, a feat, you know, Dublin four types like us sneering at the real Ireland. <laughs> is that what we're That's at? what we're doing. Yeah, we're sneering at the real Ireland. <laughs> and people who go, you know, who go, who go country dancing and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I should be involved because I'm I feel like it is for the kind of pathologically uncool among us. And I am that for sure. You're not. <laughs> You're not pathologically uncool. Well, do you, would you have thought of yourself as uncool? I gee, yeah. yeah. In my heart of hearts. Yeah. No, you're not. You have cool glasses on. You have, cool, you have a cool. Is that a track? Like Would you describe beard. that as a tracksuit? <laughs> this is a tracksuit. Yes. Okay. Well, it's a cool tracksuit. <laughs> this is nice. Okay. Okay. This is a bit of Monday now. Self-esteem kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, you wouldn't be. Uncool I feel like at you're all. luring me down. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. No, because I think like because <laughs> like there's like I think that uh, um, in. Ireland is kind of divided in that way. There's an urban, there is an urban rural divide, and the, in the urban parts, people are either completely unaware there's the divide and just go, "Oh, look at the culture is doing this thing," or they feel kind of guilty about it. Yeah, I would be in the guilty because I, you know, came from the country originally. Yeah, yeah, I know, I've... but like you know, a million years ago, <laughs> uh, and you know, it didn't really fit in then anyhow. So um, you can't win, I find, because I'm half Cork, half Dublin. So never was there a more kind of, I don't know, paradoxical identity, really. Like, so we go to Cork. I, it's absolutely ripped out of me for being Jackine Langer. And then here in Dublin, I, you know, I'm the worst of the worst. Dublin four, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I'm hated everywhere I turn. Yeah. And, and, and especially then when I turn to the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and that self-critical self-talk starts Dublin, up Dublin 4 is nice though I that's know, the thing yeah, that's the yeah. thing you can't you know okay you can sneer at it but you know Sandy Mount that's lovely if you could afford it very a, nice yeah, it is very nice very nice I live yeah I live Sandy Mount 
Cuspy yeah. with Irish Town. I once heard at a street party uh, someone was ordering a taxi and the taxi driver on the phone obviously said like I'm just coming through Ring's End and uh, my neighbour said Ring's End? You're miles away. <laughs> it was like oh no babes. <laughs> we're really cuspy but we're clinging. Clinging yeah. to Sandy Mount. But I do think the thing about Sandy Mount is and Dublin 4 in general that we really we have to shut up. Any complaining must stop. So when the incinerator came for example I mm. was like Right, guys, everyone needs to just suck it up here. Like, we deserve this and worse. Whatever they want to give us, we need to accept because we are operating at such a level of privilege and also just general, uh, we're irritating. Yeah. As a folk, <laughs> the Dublin Four folk, we're irritating. So we need to kind of, you know, accrue good karma. We need to bank it by, you know, having the, inc- I love the incinerator. I actually think they did a beautiful job. Yeah. yeah. How do your neighbours feel about it? Do you express that opinion out loud in front of your neighbours? I love that incinerator. They're having their own identity crisis. They think they, they think Ring's End's miles Runs away. away yes. them. The rest <laughs> of them think, no, we're just off the Tornamore Road. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a mixed up, muddled up place, you know. Uh, well, then would that be a concern of yours in terms of children? And uh, <laughs> kind of what can you do to make sure they don't... You know, to remind them that they're privileged other than saying it to them and sure that goes in one ear and out the other. Well, I baptised one a Protestant. Is that a kind of a step in the right direction? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's the direct opposite. No, we're trying to have diversity within the family. So my husband's Jewish. I'm a Krapalik. And then we've got a Protestant. And then we've got two randos. The two younger ones we haven't really got to yet. Why did you baptise one of them a a Protestant? I can't talk about that on national radio. Okay, fair enough. It's, um, it was... An illegal christening, not christening, an illegal dousing of a baby for, you know, cynical purposes. Okay. It's a big conversation. It's one that we should uh, be having on do a do national that. stage. People do do that. People get have to do it because nice there is Protestant a... Nice school maybe? Well, that, this is a, yeah. not saying anything. Yeah. It's a very nice school. Yeah. But no, there is a problem here in Ireland as we know with, yes. with the schools being entwined with religious organisations and, you know, so that's a bigger conversation. You tricked me. No, no, you I didn't trick you. I'm not. I'm the same. Like I, I, I'm completely hypocrite. I have a daughter going down to the Catholic school because it's just, it's just there, literally, and it's a very nice school. But she will probably invariably go through the whole thing, and I put no religion on on the census form. So I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, you know. But but you see, there's degrees of you can't avoid being a hypocrite in many areas of life. Plus, also, it's a balance between what's going to do the least amount of damage. Yeah, it's like there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like, none of us can do anything really without being kind of inherently um, hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the two randos are like, what are you going to do with them? Those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Their names escape me now. I remember. Uh, Rando one and Rando two. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to get one of them. I'm going to get him heavy into uh, witch talk, which is a corner of TikTok with a lot of kind of spiritual kind of Wiccan witchy practices and I thought like if I kind of on-ramp him early he could have a good career a lucrative career as a kind of a you know a man you know deep into spirituality Is that a, is that a real a thing? thing? Witch talk? Thing. Witch talk Yeah it's the first time I've heard of that. Yeah, so there's there's loads of new options now. There's a lot of options. It's mad though. There's I think like, the other one, yeah. he's going to just be nut milk. That's going to be his religion. Any nut milks going, he'll... <laughs> it's very diverse now. Yeah, that's very diverse. <laughs> I, 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 it's mad though that 
I know you're maybe half joking about the witch talk thing, but that probably will be a job or, you know, in the next half an hour, yeah, that's going to well, be a like job. Yeah, well, you've got a job now doing this. I know, but this is changed. I know, but this is like a traditional job. This is a traditional job. This is at least, you know, something your mother would understand what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's now like, you know. I know, I'm still confusing my mother every step of the way. A couple of weeks ago, she was like, I went to her house and she was like, you know, coffee, tea, blah, and sat down. And then she just, a big pause. And I was like, oh, what's coming? And then she goes, would you not get a job? And I was like, (laughs) Really? I'm trying so hard over here. And you know what? For once in my life as well, I was able to be like, do you have last Saturday's Irish Times? And she was like, I do. And she could see now that she'd wandered into a trick. And I was like, open it there to the bestsellers. It's my neat segue into a book of mine was on that list. And this was a woman still suggesting like that I probably should think about a real job. Okay. So it just goes to show that your parents will never. Oh, no. How did she react to that? She scoffed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she my mother was exactly the same. She, she said, you got sigh. lucky there in terms of the week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. It was a bad week for well, publishing. A, a bad week for her to try and win that argument. You know, there's 52 weeks in the year. I'd only be on that list, maybe even in terms of probability, like minus seven weeks of the year. You know, it was unlucky for her. And what was the name of your book? Oh, The Snag List. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was actually on there for five weeks. Okay, well then. Yeah. Mammy should have noticed that sooner. I know. I recommend, even though she didn't. She does not. And what's uh, (laughs) what's the snag list about or what's in it? Uh, The snag list, so it's a novel. It's kind of novel you bring on your holidays. It is like entertaining, escapist, fun. um, And it is about regrets, which doesn't sound entertaining or fun at all. But basically it's three women. They're all kind of in their late 30s, early 40s. They're hitting that kind of like settling down period of life. Uh, where, you know, all the kind of great, exciting prospects of use are being slowly kind of systematically shut off by things like mortgages and families and obligations. And they all suddenly kind of get a bit of a, it's a bit of a millennial life crisis. Mm. They all are suddenly like, oh my God, thinking about all of the kind of what ifs, the sliding doors moments of their lives when they could have taken a different path. And one of them who's particularly mired in regret, her name's Lindy, and she basically... Um, is the mother of an 11-year-old boy called Max who um, is a YouTube star. Mm-hmm. And she's like the CEO. She's like the momager of her own son. He's her boss, basically. So she, more than anyone, regrets her current life situation. And she decides to start up a business called The Snag List, where you come to her with your big life regrets and she helps you, like, address the what could have beens. Um, and so that's the idea behind her business. Right. Whether or not that does pan out okay. is the story of the book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm told it's fun. Um, was yeah. it hard to write? Was it easy to write? About in regrets the in the no, middle No, I mean, a, no, but a novel. Is that your first novel? <laughs> no, that's my third novel. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's great. I did write it in the middle of the pandemic though. Yeah. And I would say I don't recommend that. Well, I do and I don't because it was nice to have a bit of escapism and to be like, you, you do turn off the kind of lights on reality when you're writing fiction. Mm. And you kind of go into your place. You know, like when I'm working on fiction, I make like playlists on Spotify, all kinds of things like that to kind of help me get immersed in the world. So it's kind of nice that like I'd be there first lockdown, I had a brand new baby. There was just like, you know, I have two older kids. So the whole kind of there was just like a wall of screaming 
at yeah. all times in my house. <laughs> and I was supposed to be schooling those children and, you know, trying not to, you know, run and screaming into the streets. And, you know, at yeah. all given time. So it was As actually great, yeah. the odd time to be like, I have to go now and uh, work on my stories. And like my husband, like first time he's ever worked from home. And like it was a real eye opener for him in terms of like exactly what I do or don't do during the day. Like I think visually my job looks really silly. Like a lot <laughs> of it would be, I don't know, he'd come into the room and he'd be like, why are you watching the original Eurovision interval performance of Riverdance from 1994, Sophie. And I'd be like, it's very important <laughs> research. <laughs> and it is, because in the snag list, there's a fictional musical called Voices of Glory that's all about Ireland's winning streak of the early 90s in Eurovision. OK. Yes. So that's like a pet passion subject of mine. And that's a great thing about being a novelist is that you can finagle your own little obsessions into the worlds you're building. I, so. The Eurovision is a is a pet obsession of yours. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I suppose maybe 400,000 people are going to Garth Brooks yes. and the rest of us are watching Eurovision. That's, I, that's I, it. I, I would contend there's a cohort who are not listening to either. <laughs> You're like in with the big overhead headphones <laughs> in your house listening to OK Computer or something. Just being like, oh no. Sneering, yes. Absolute centre. plebs. Well, well, what is it about the, uh, about the Eurovision then? Or was it, is it just that particular period, that golden period for Ireland. Well, see, the golden period is very exciting. Yes. And like, I I very much love the characters of that era. Like, uh, Neve Kavanagh is my absolute top, 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 top. No shade to Linda Martin. Love her as well. And love the one shoulder Guna. Stunning. Put Ireland on the map in 92. I love Johnny Logan and all of that kind of argy bargy behind the scenes. Enjoy that. Well, I, I took like- liberties with my fictional musical with yes. all of these characters. Um, uh, but I do love uh, contemporary Eurovision just as much. I think it's just the mix of like, it's high camp. It's something we've all grown up with. So I do think it's a bit of a background of our lives kind of Eurovision mm. on every year. Kind of gives the year its shape. Am I the only... You're looking at me like... Oh, no, no, no really. I'm not... I not I know, it, what month it takes. It does nothing to me. It does nothing for me. But I mean, obviously, it's huge in this country as well. A lot of people get very excited about it when it comes around. Yeah, absolutely. I felt really cheated in the pandemic because, you know, we were about to have the most amazing amazing um, stage show for our entry. Uh, you're looking at me like, wow, she's got this kind of encyclopedic knowledge. knowledge yes. Eurovision. My parents were sent... Uh, self-identifying as Eurofannies, um, you know, which is the, you know, kind of moniker yeah, of okay. the, the Eurofan. Um, right, so, so you I would have got it's that. in the blood, like it's in the blood. Oh yes, your, but your dad would have been involved in producing. My dad was a fan. My dad was a, an unapologetic lover of Eurovision. Yeah. Who isn't? Who isn't? I even got to write a prospective Eurovision song for my fictional musical in the book. Okay. Because the thing is, you can't use song lyrics well you can in books but it's very expensive yes um, so I wrote a song um, for the book that I'm kind of trying to get in front of Neve Kavanagh like I just put that out there you know the way they're always talking about manifesting now mm. on witch talk um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying hey you yeah. know Neve 
Yeah. Okay. okay. Get in touch. Is that like? A, would you like actually someone? Do, are you musical at all? No. Could you? No. No. So it's the lyrics. So I do also need somebody to bring a musical sensibility to the work. I'm now also struggling to remember what the name of the song <laughs> is. It's that's really not naff. important. It's a really, really deliberately naff song, and I think that's the thing. Like your vision is joyfully naff. Mm. When you were at home then writing the book, I mean, and, and it was, you know, as you said, the first time your husband actually saw you during the day kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Like, do you have a, um, do you manage your time well or are you flitting from one thing to the other? Is there stuff you know, going on? Stuff well, going I flit, on? I would say professionally because I do quite a few different things because I do kind of like weekly stuff, like I write a column for the Sunday Indo on a Sunday and I do two podcasts so I do lots of recording and research for the podcast so there is always a kind of a bit of a buffet mm. of stuff going on but also for all of those things somehow YouTube just plays an enormous role and Reddit so at any given time if he comes over I could be watching like animals copulating on YouTube for my column in the Sunday, no jokes, probably for the podcast, but yeah. um, <laughs> my Sunday Indo column, it doesn't come up as much. Um, but yeah, no, I write, I think when I'm working on a f- new draft, I tend to write in the mornings. I often get up early and do kind of writing six to eight in the morning so that it's quiet time, no mm. emails, no kids, that kind of thing. How's that would be my main routine. So I'm not very routine. Yeah. How's the pole dancing going? It's good. It's good. Are I've you still actually, doing it? Uh, well, I've moved out of my house temporarily, so I'm apart from my beloved pole. Which okay. is very difficult, but never not being ridiculous, I bought roller skates. And I Excellent. can't wait to introduce those hobbies to each other and combine some kind of roller pole. <sighs> Presumably, <laughs> that's got that, that's got life threatening injuries written all over it. I'm that ready. idea. I'm ready. Roller for skates it. and, a, and a, why have you moved out of your house? If you um, don't mind me asking, are you having work done? I, I well, <laughs> never not <laughs> on your pile in San. Yeah, I have to get a kitchen. Okay, yes. did you not have one before? I had a kitchen that was quite uh, vintage. Yeah, yeah, it's a vintage <laughs> kitchen. So. See, we can't say old anymore. Even <laughs> no, no, the kitchen was great, but um, oh, yeah, I just I've been working towards this moment for a long time. Yeah, getting the new kitchen. Okay, that's great. What well, yeah. does that mean? You was, you're actually, actually at the moment of... you're not living in in in, in Dublin four. <sighs> I've drifted into <gasps> Dublin six. Possibly work. It's actually work. It probably is. Do you yeah. know what? Dublin Six is the best kept secret. It's not really a secret. Well, no, it, it really isn't. But if you're in Dublin Four and you think that you're the centre of the universe, and then the, if you bring the Dublin Four person outside of the radius and they go into Dublin Six, they go around and go, oh, it's actually not that bad up here. And I mean, we're talking, it it's lovely. mansions. It's lovely. Oh, it is. It's it would lovely. it be slight, a slightly younger crowd? Everyone's, you know, well off, of course, but well, a slightly younger crowd in Dublin 6. I'm imposing on my mother-in-law. So, and she's very young. Mm. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that will, but Randler Rat Mines is, is absolutely lovely now. And it used to be just like, you know, especially Rat Mines, just full of dingy flats. It I, it's depressing. absolutely gorgeous up there. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, but yeah, so the, it's pretty exciting, uh, with the kitchen, but very sad about the pole. So I am sure the last time I was in here, actually, I think I was on crutches. Yeah, I broke you were. my ankle. Yeah. With the roller skating. Yeah. So I'm back. <laughs> That's proving the point I made there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am here to 
prove points about being in your late 30s and having crises that then will cause you to take up stupid hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. And and the podcast and how's that going? Is there any money in that? Yeah. Really? I mean, we've, oh, hang on. Now, this, you brought me here <laughs> and you're just trotting me out. I know. Like you know why? You know why? And this is, of all times. No, because you're just, yeah, you're, you're just too interesting. I brought news I know you did. Yeah, I know you did. And I, as again, we're failing to get to any of them, <laughs> unfortunately. You're just too interesting. Is there any money in the podcast? Podcasting, uh, some podcasts get sponsored mm. in a kind of more traditional model of radio yeah. and advertising and then some are listener funded uh, and that would be where I fall into that bracket which is uh, listener funded via Patreon is one platform that you can do it and um, where people basically subscribe and they'd often get extra episodes every month or different perks like that. Mm. So um, I'm very, very grateful that, yeah, it's keeping me going. You sounded a bit like Garth Brooks there. I am very, I'm very, thing. hashtag grateful. Yeah, hashtag thanks I'm for very And is it, is, is it hard to anything? think up ideas for, for, the, po- for, the, yeah. for the podcast? Is there a pressure there? Uh, one of the podcasts I do is called The Creep Dive. And it's, uh, our tagline is we go deeper than any normal person has time for. And it is like a research kind of podcast where we research weird stories from kind of the internet, from... Uh, we kind of do the stories behind the headlines. I mean, we've done so many over the last, I think it's three, four years. We've done so many different types of stories. We do loads of stories about grifters and hoaxes and people who fake their own deaths. Do you remember John Darwin, the guy from the UK? Yes, I'm just in the canoe. In the canoe. Yeah. Canoe man, as he was called. He was one of our early episodes, a big deep dive on his story with his wife. Um, oh, we've done Anna Nicole Smith. We've done Lorena Bobbitt. Do you mm, remember her? Yeah. She was kind of very angry with the husband in the um, early 90s. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah. So that's like in terms of like weird stuff from history and also like kind of recent history. There's no shortage. Yeah. Like, you'll never run uh, out. Well, you see, you have a good idea there. That's an inexhaustible. Because sometimes some podcasts, they get the idea that just, you know, the person goes in and just yaks for an hour and I don't know how they can do that how on earth just rambling I mean, it bears no resemblance to what's happening right now no 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 what if this is two people yakking that's a completely different oh you thing. mean the one person yeah, just one on one with kind yeah. of frottaging a microphone alone yeah. in a room yeah, yeah that's very strange I can't listen to that either yeah yeah no strange. no there's three of us I co-host it with um, two other women uh, Jen O'Dwyer and Cassie Delaney and uh, so we each bring a story to every episode and we tell the other two cold so they don't never know what you're coming with. And right, like, okay. It really could be anything. Like we do do murder and things the odd time, but we're not a true crime podcast. Like we're not really a murdery yeah. one. You yeah. know, we kind of do, I mean, anything but almost. I'd be fond of a dismemberment now, I would say. Really? Really. Okay. okay. Because we're doing an item later on about they found all these bones in Cork over the weekend. Well, they didn't find them on the weekend, but they were reporting it uh, over the weekend that it was under a pub in Cork. But apparently these people were just had their heads chopped off and were chucked in the thing. No. Yeah. And which parts of them? Their heads were chopped off. Well, the rest but of them, they were all in there. But, but in they, they were put in the hole, yeah. Okay. But this was like the 14th century. That's just the way things That's were That's very in Cork, Cork isn't it? Very Cork. Very Cork. Yeah, I see. You won't be able to go down again to see your relations. <laughs> Sophie, thanks a million, as ever. Uh, lovely to have you in. Uh, Sophie White there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. Uh, after that, why bats aren't so bad. 
Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.